I think the best way, my job is to uh, introduce Andy, but should we get Andy onto the stage? Andy, you come on, give him a round of applause as he comes to the stage. Come on, give him a warm welcome. That's fabulous. That's great. Please, please take your seats. A Andy, just want to find out a little bit about yourself, all right? Um, we, you're married, right? Tell us a little bit about your family, first and foremost. Okay, yeah, I'm married. Uh, one wife, five yeah. children. It works Sorry. that way round. So, did you say five children? <laughs> five children, yeah. Five children. One beautiful wife, five children. Four girls, one boy. Did the boy come last? No, he came ah, second. Ah, right. Yeah, so he, you could have quit after two. We could have. Uh, <laughs> once I had my only beloved son, uh, we could have quit. And then, but then came another three princesses. Yeah, so. right. So all those with four could quit moaning. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Four's nothing. Catch up. Four's Catch nothing. Up. <laughs> right. So you got uh, five children, yes. and, and you're based where? Tell us a little bit about the church. Okay. And where you're based? Family church. Um, woo. Yeah, we got some. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> family churches in. Uh, we're based mainly down the south of England and uh, the flagship is Portsmouth yeah. and then we've planted out over the last 25 years in uh, Haven, Waterlooville, Waterside, Gosport. We have a congregation in Philippines and online congregation. So very much yes. similar to you guys. Yeah. We have an international expression, yeah. Yeah. online expression. Yeah. And so, yeah, but we're down pretty much the south of England at this yeah. moment. It's lovely. It's fantastic. So there's very much a, an affinity with what we're doing here, with what you're doing down it's in pound the south. Pound. Yeah. It's very similar. They, yeah. they overlay each other really well. Yeah. Even last night we were talking to the team yeah. and we have, uh, we had prior to COVID, we've not restarted yet our conference yeah. and being here last night just felt like what we would call in power yeah, uh, where we bring the congregations together, the yeah. heart for planning, for yeah. planting out. Yeah. yeah, there's so much sameness. Yeah. Uh, feels like home. Yeah, it's beautiful. And like, we love that you're here, Family Church. Like, it really does feel like you're part of us. Thank you. We really love your partners. Okay. Uh, just, can we have Stuart in smaller bursts, though? Like, he's so enthusiastic. There's Stuart. Like, can you just stand up, Stuart? Like, <laughs> he, he cannot, he cannot even stand up reservedly. Like, yeah, that's a stand up and give a woo like that. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, if you could sit down, please. Thank you. And, uh, <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, what, what are you passionate about? What, if you were to give me a, a sentence or two mm. of things that were really uh, in your heart. Um, it's amazing because you go through different seasons and God awakens yeah. stuff. I like to see the church be what the church is meant to be. Yeah. That's a passion in my heart. But also I think one of the key passions of my life at the moment would be soul winner. Um, but the thought of mobilising the church to... Uh, evangelism. Um, if we could move evangelism from the stage where a few people are doing it to the lifestyle of everyone, what we could do in the world. So I think a lot of my passion at the moment, the last few years, has been evolved around how do we mobilise the people of God to not feel obliged, though they are, 
but feel passionate about winning their friends and family. Instead of bringing them to church, bringing God to them. Mm. And so that's a passion. How do we mobilize um, people that we're guilty of seating so comfortably to have a passion for the lost? Yeah. Well, that's a good passion, right? Yeah. Just uh, in in my uh, readings this morning, I read this in Philemon, and it says this, Philemon 1 verse 4, it says, I always thank God, my God, as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. Mm. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Your love has given great joy, me great joy and encouragement, because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Mm. And this is Paul writing to Philemon, but I I felt on behalf of one church today, I wanted to say, you are gonna refresh the saints today. Yes, that's Uh, my heart. Just feel free to pour yourself out today, be yourself. Like just, as I said to you, bring your flavor to the curry, all right? We we already have a good vindaloo, (laughs) what we're missing, is the Andy Elms flavour just okay. to come into it? Like so, just pour yourself yeah. out today, and when you go, when you finish tonight, we are going to be so refreshed yeah. at how you've blessed us. Thank you. So whether you're online today, and we welcome you online as part of the online uh, church that we do, uh, we are welcoming you and everybody in the room to be part of this service today. And one little plug. Some of Andy's books are available in the bookshop. If you go out and turn left and just go around just about there, you'll see there's all sorts of stuff you can buy. And Andy, you said you're selling three of your books, which are generally about 10 or 11 pounds each normally, three for 25 pounds. Yeah, yeah, is that com- right? a conference special. Yeah, yeah, conference special. So check that out, yeah. get a special deal. But can we just be upstanding one more time and show some honor oh, to my friend, Andy Ellis. Ah, praise God, you can be seated, and uh, it's such a joy to be with you guys, and just to have um, a part in what God's doing during this conference together, and we've got some resources out there, Um, there's lots of books, there's everything from leadership books, there's a book called Glass of Water, and uh, that's a leadership book, then we've got Soul Winner, which I know the church, we're going to be talking about that a little bit later on, um, which is an exciting initiative and passion, mobilising the church. There's also Breathe Again, which is an understanding of what happened when you got born again, and there's devotionals written by me and Gina that have uh, become very famous over the years, Breakfast of Champions, and so... If you hate my message today and you're totally offended by me, get a copy of my books, especially the devotional, and let me offend you every morning in the comfort of your own home. (laughs) And we can do breakfast together in that way. That'll be my joy. No, please don't thank me. That's my pleasure. It's a joy to be with you, and I want to stay within the time. I want to stay within the theme of what God's speaking to your leaders. It's funny, when you go around speaking in conferences, there's often a little battle within yourself. You know certain messages that always work and people will like. It's like the permissive will and the perfect will of God. You know that there's stuff that it's okay, but then when you're praying, you hear God speak. And you think, well, I'm not sure how that one's going to work, but I know the other ones work. And God says, well, are you going to do this by faith? Or are you going to deliver what I'm putting on the truck? 
And so I've learned over the years that I'd rather go to bed, put my head on the pillow and hear God say well done than have the applause of people that enjoy the message. So I am going to download today what I believe God is speaking to you guys. Thursday morning, this is fresh pancakes, all right? Thursday morning, I really felt the Lord say a couple of things that really are for you. The first thing I'm hearing prophetically today uh, to speak over you is it's time to dream again. It's, it's time to dream again. It, it's time to dream again. It's time to dream again. We've come through a season that's been very, very um, breathe in. We've been in a season that's very much hold back. You watch the news. Listen, watch the news. Don't let the fear of the news get in your spirit. Okay, for news is for information. Okay, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. You need to understand that what the people are saying on the news is true about economy and about fuel costs, but God is speaking something greater in your heart, and you need to be committed to what God's speaking. And it's weird how God says things in inappropriate times and in a time when the world is saying, Breathe in, sit down, don't move, don't expand, don't reach out, just hold the fort. Do what you can. Survive the storm. God's saying grow, expand, blow up. Let me show you what I can do through a people in a time when it's not proper. You see, Isaac was a man who sowed in famine because Isaac was a man who knew the principles and the word of God in his life. And even though the environment, there wasn't one famine, there was two famines. Isaac sowed in a land of famine when others weren't because he was moved by the word of God. That God's word of expansion doesn't come in convenient times. It often comes in times that don't seem right. That's because God wants to show what he can do. What he can do. Anyone can do certain things when the climate seems right. But only God can so wonderfully show off. When everybody's breathing in, we breathe out. When everybody's saying, hold the fort, we say, come on, let's increase the kingdom. Amen. So I want to stay within the thought of expansion. And to me, expansion, when we talk about expansion, I love that theme. When, when, when Pastor Simon said to me, I want to do the conference, I said, that's, that's great. And when I was praying, I felt the Lord say, expansion always starts in the heart. Expansion always starts in the heart. Now, when we understand expansion, we often know expansion by the outward manifestation of expansion seen, but we underestimate the inward visualization of expansion that takes place in an unseen place in the heart of a person before the manifestation of expansion seen. Does that make sense? But so often we look around and we say, look how that company's growing. Look how that organization's growing. Look how that family's growing. But we overlook sometimes that the expansion that you're witnessing in the natural is the fruit of an expansion that took place in the heart of a person when no one else was noticing. So we believe that expansion starts in the heart of a person. Great things happen in the unseen place of a person and then they come into existence through the person. Now this works in any uh, area of life you can imagine. For an artist, he saw the painting in his heart before he picked up a paintbrush. People witnessed greatness but it was already in his heart. Tesla was already in the heart of Elon Musk before anyone imagined an electric car. 
You see, whatever scenario we bring this in, inventor, artist, pioneer, we're all artists, artists, inventors, and pioneers. We're not having a leadership conference today because everyone's a leader. And you need to know that God is in a season where he's saying dream again. You see, the devil is the dream stealer. The church in this hour is meant to be a company dreamer, a company of dreamers. You know, I'm a dreamer. Everyone should be a dreamer. I often say in my messages, oh, you may say that I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. Because dreamers catch things in their heart and now allow those things to be born through their lives. This conference, God is going to be speaking things into your heart that will initiate blueprints for things that he's going to bring through your life. So anything we see in life started with a dream or a thought and its size was often already determined before the person started building. Now, I've known this in my life. It's like we're family church. We're 25 old, years old next week. We're celebrating across the congregation 25 years. But I can remember the moment I was an evangelist in the country, had no intention of planting a church. I was driving down the M27 in a white Vauxhall Cavalier. I can remember the moment. And all of a sudden, I'm driving down the M27, and a seed came through the window and landed in my heart. That seed was, I want you to open a church. I had a choice. I could have brushed the seed off. I didn't. I allowed it to germinate. And suddenly, family church was born, yet we'd never yet met. When I opened family church, with my eyes shut, I saw a thousand. With my eyes open, I saw 12. But I knew what I'd seen before others had experienced. So if you're waiting for expansion to happen on its own, you're going to be waiting a long time. You need to let the seed of what God wants to do land in a fertile heart. With Soul Winner, I had a dream during COVID. I wonder how we can mobilise the body of Christ to win souls in their everyday world. So suddenly we started, I wrote a book. I felt God said, well, write down everything you've learned in 30 years. So we wrote the book Soul Winner. And then during lockdown, I thought, well, there's a lot we can't do. What can we do? We're allowed to play with cameras. Okay. So we started doing Soul Winner Boot Camps. And we're, I know your whole church are joining one in October the 20th. And so I sat there in my living room. It was comical. I sat there. My media guys were at home. I said, let's go live. And over the last couple of a year or so, we've had 2,400 households and small groups <laughs> sit there over five nights and be trained on how to share their faith. That's awesome. But it was a seed that came into a heart. I believe seeds are falling in this place today. And God's looking for fertile hearts that will catch them. So first things happen in our lives, and then they come through our lives to manifestation. Now, this is true with natural things. You speak to any businessman, and they'll say the business was a concept or a thought and actually people couldn't see it until it came into play. When I look at my own life, I look at the great things, the mighty exploits that the Lord has done through me, and I understand that each of them started with a seed, a thought, a dream. But then I look at my biggest stupids. Because <laughs> this isn't just positive, it can be negative too. When I look at my huge stupids, those stupids you don't want anyone to remind you of, 
They started with a seed and a singular thought. So you can build great, great or great stupid with the things you allow to grow in your heart. So we've got two verses we need to look at, one in the old and one in the new, if we're going to be theologically correct. We've got to include both covenants and stories, right? So the first one we're going to look at is, I thought Simon was going to talk about this woman last night, and I was quite relieved when he didn't. Isaiah 54, and then we're going to look at Ephesians 3.20, which is one of my favourite scriptures. But Ephesians 4, uh, 54, it's that well-known story of expanding your tent. And that fits really well within why we're gathering this week as a church to talk about expansion, not hold the fort, not how do we survive, not pull up the ladder, Jack, I'm okay. But how do we reach a world when everyone else is in pause? We choose not to live on pause. We let God press play. But I was thinking about this woman, and this woman really teaches us a lot, even though this woman was um, symbolic of Israel, I get that. But let's just imagine together this is a woman today, okay? I know she was symbolic of a nation and God speaking to a nation. I'm not dense, I get that. But I want you to pick up this conversation to a woman that's in a moment of barrenness. And what God speaks into that moment in the unseen of her world regarding what she's to see in the heart of God. So in chapter 54, it's verse 1, and it says, Sing, O barren woman, you who have never born or bore a child. Burst into song, shout for joy. Now imagine if that was an actual woman and she was sitting in a doctor's surgery because of an issue of barrenness. That would be a really bizarre conversation, wouldn't it? Why are you here? I'm barren, I can't have children. Sing! (laughs) Sing! Sing songs about how many kids you're going to have. I don't think he would be a general practitioner for long. (laughs) But this is where God stretches our brain. He says, sing, barren woman, you who have never yet born a child. Sing the dreams of your heart come to pass. Burst into song. Shout for joy. You who have never been in labour because you will have more children than the desolate woman. And then her with her husband. And then it says in verse 2, this is the verse that really fits well with what God's put on your pastor's heart, Simon and Ali. It's time to enlarge the place of your tent. It's time to think thoughts of stretching your tent curtains wide, not holding back, getting crazy, going bonkers, ignoring the news, ignoring the economists, ignoring the experts of the age that are saying, hang on to what you've got, go into survival mode. No, go into thrive mode. Don't go into survive mode, go into thrive mode, because God is in thrive mode. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left, and your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in desolate cities. I kind of feel God speaking these verses over you but also including the barren woman bit because when we understand her role in the script 
It starts with a barren woman, a woman in a moment of apparent barrenness, where everybody else had a different experience of life. She was missing out on something she shouldn't. And in the middle of that, the word of God, because remember, when we talk about kingdom expansion, we're not talking of natural expansion that comes from the mere thoughts of men. When we talk about God's kingdom going crazy, we're talking about what happens when a God thought comes in to a person's barrenness into a person's world and changes everything yet nothing's changed on the outside but the moment God changes something in our thinking and in our dreaming it's as good as done you just need to mobilize some people um, it's as good as done this is going okay isn't it it's going okay I might preach this one in family church this is working <laughs> So it starts with a good thought into a moment of barrenness. God is speaking into the moment of barrenness that our nation is going through. Different words. We need to be dream catchers. Catching God's dreams. Because when his dreams come down from heaven, they come to the earth and they never return void. It was a faith thought. He was getting her to sing songs that were outside of her current experience. So you should be singing songs about how you're going to be um, a, a family of churches, a uh, hundred expressions. Well, that's not practical. No one's asking you to be practical. Do that at work on Monday. Well, that's not reasonable. Where in the Bible does God say be reasonable? You please show me. Please show me. He says, lean not to your own understanding. We need to allow faith thoughts to break the current circuits or cycles of our experience. Her barrenness was broken by a word spoken by God. And number three, it was an expansive thought. Think bigger. Think bigger. Think bigger. I just sense the Lord imparting from his throne this morning. Big thoughts. Big thoughts. Think bigger. Think bigger. Think bigger. Think bigger. Think bigger. Don't think survival, think thrive, think expansion. Whatever the world's saying don't do, do it. Because God is a, a kingdom that's upside down. And often the way you work out what God's doing is to look at what the world isn't doing. Uh, it's a great way of working out kingdom life. So he comes in with a faith thought, sing outside of what you're currently experiencing. Sing about having children if you're barren. Sing about having 10 congregations if you've got one. Sing, sing songs in alignment with a word coming from heaven landing in your heart. Be expansive in your thinking because thinking increased then drew the blueprint of what was going to be constructed next. First, God brought a blueprint in a word to the heart of this person, and then the tents were stretched. See, you get in problems when people stretch out tents, but there's not a revelation that's driving it. I've got into trouble in my life when I did something stretched out, but God hadn't authored the stretch. And what I've learned to do over the years is listen for God's stretch, stretch, move, expand, like you did on the beach. You hear God say, expand. That means that everything that's barren naturally around doesn't matter anymore. Because God's spoken. One thing you'll learn about me, I'm old school. I love the word of God and the spirit of God. I just believe we can change the world with those things. 
So the enlargement of tent or expansion starts with something that happens in us. When we hear the word of God break through into our moment with thoughts that are outside of what we feel is achievable. Now this means you've got to have an active imagination. I've always had an active imagination. It got me into trouble. It it fueled my sarcasm in ways that it never should have. It's got me into trouble. But I've learned, and I'm learning to harness it. I'm learning to bring it in. But you know, when I came to the Lord, it was ever so funny. This is so true. When I came to the Lord, I remember going to an altar and kneeling there and realising I'd left school with no education. I, had, I didn't understand Matt. I, and I remember saying, I don't know what I can give you, God. And this was my actual prayer um, many, many years ago now. Well, God, I'll give you a big mouth and a vivid imagination. That was my prayer. God, I'll give you, I'll give you, I learned a big mouth through selling fruit and veg for many years, and I'll give you imagination. Now, this brings us into God may bring a dream into your heart, but it's got to allow to live and grow in your imagination. Your imagination is not something that came from the fall of man, it's something that was in the design of man when God made Adam in his image. Because God always saw before he did, he spoke before things came into existence. He placed in our wiring an imagination. It's only sinful if you use it for sin. If you use your imagination for things that are going to get you into trouble, more fool you, don't rebuke your imagination. Bring it into submission and obedience to the things of God, the Spirit of God. Now, I love these verses. These verses have always been verses that kind of marked my life. Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him. Who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, far above what you can imagine dream in your wildest dreams according to his spirit that's working in us. So again, what God speaks comes alive because of his spirit in us. But yet he says he's able to do. Aren't you glad that God is able to do? So God gives you a crazy dream like he did to me going down the M27 in a white Cavalier. I saw a thousand people and, uh, and I saw it. I saw it. The dream landed. I allowed it to germinate. And then I said, all right, Lord, I can dream this. Now you do something beyond my dreams. You do something beyond my dreams. Exceedingly abundantly. Aren't they good words? They're like shocking, aren't they? They're brilliant. It's like unto him who is able, unto God who is able. Don't doubt his ability to do. He's just looking for availability, all right? He's just looking for someone to say, all right, if you want to get something on earth, use me, all right? And it says, unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Exceedingly is enough. I mean, it's like grace and mercy. Grace is enough. Grace and mercy just keeps getting better, doesn't it? (laughs) Exceedingly abundantly. It's like he slaps you around the face with exceedingly. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then it's like a bum pinch. Abundantly. Come on, imagination, come back. Root yourself. Root yourself. She's loving it. I'm not surprised. See, Mr. Kipling didn't come up with the word exceedingly. For those who are a little bit younger, apparently he made exceedingly good cakes. God wants to do abundantly and exceedingly in and through your life But the dreams and the imaginations you have that come from him bringing his word and thoughts to your heart are the putty that he wants to use to make those dreams bigger than you ever imagined. 
Anybody remember this old chorus? If you don't have a dream, you've got to have a dream. How are you going to have a dream come true? <laughs> Captain Sensible, wasn't it? I forget which worship leader. If you ain't got a dream, you've got to have a dream. Are you gonna have a dream come true? Oh, we're ending up in the show, Chicago. I better stop right now. <laughs> so much going on in me right now. <laughs> so, okay. If our dreams are what God uses as putty, not to match pound for pound, but to do exceedingly abundantly above, I suppose the question for us today is what measurements are we giving God for our dreams? What measurements are we giving him to work with? Now, I had a couple of uh, fun things happen with measurements recently. One was a little while ago when I ordered a Venetian blind for a window. And like I said, I never did good at school. So I ordered it 105 by 132 centimetres. And when it arrived, it was that big. I'd got millimetres. I never claimed to do good at school. When they delivered it, I thought, do you add water? Because <laughs> it, was, it was meant to be that big, right? And it was that big. I was like, all right, the world's kind of crazy. What, you put it in a jar and add some water and watch it grow, you know? And then I realised I'd ordered the measurements wrong. I gave them measurements that didn't give them much to work with. About a week ago, Gina decides that she wants to... Um, get some photos from our kids' weddings, Olivia and Ethan, their weddings. And uh, she says, will you, will you order the photos? I said, not a problem, give me the sizes. So she... <laughs> no, no, it's better this time. <clears throat> she says the sizes are 40 by 30 centimetres, which is a nice size photo. Can I show you what was delivered? And the other one, this is my cockapoo sitting on, look, that's my cockapoo. Now that's good because I'm operating in the right direction now. <coughs> Isn't that amazing? They were meant to fit a photo frame like that and she said, I was in the office, she went, you did it again. I have measurement issues, all right, we can take those down. All right. So I suppose the question is, because this is progressive, if God does exceedingly abundantly above what we can imagine or dream in our wildest dreams, we give him measurements to work with. He will never send us something smaller. He'll always send us something that says, that's a big photo. I needed the substance of the photo and a rough understanding of measurements to give someone but I'm so glad that they got carried away and said, you don't need a little photo of your kids getting married. You need wallpaper. <laughs> God wants to take your measurements of what you feel you can do and what you can achieve. And he wants to blow your mind. He wants to leave you holding something going, but God, but God. Now, the problem is, where are you getting your measurements? Because you can get your measurements by looking around. What are other people doing? Yeah. Right? 
You can get your measurements from looking around. What are other people doing? Let me go on nosychurch.com. What, what, what are other leaders doing? What, what are we doing? What are they doing? Are they growing? Are they expanding? What language? Now, you can get your measurements that you give to God that he's going to do exceedingly abundantly. You're thinking, you just got to understand this. Your thinking is nothing like God's. As far as the heavens are above the earth, so high is his thoughts. That's not him demeaning, saying, me up here, God, you down there, pleb. Me, big thinker, you struggling to remember what you ate yesterday. He's saying, come up and join me. For years I heard that preached. I heard that preached and I thought it was God putting me in my place. As high as the heavens, my thoughts are here. You're, I thought that was God saying to me, Oi, Lemsip, you stay down there. You stay down there. I'm God, all right? And then one day I read it, and it was suddenly an invitation. Like, aren't you bored? Come up here. In fact, don't come up here. Let me come in there. So are you getting your measurements for your photo from looking around at others and determining what's normal and possible? Or are you getting your measurements from looking up? You should get the measurements of your next in the audience of one. Looking up outside of the impossibilities of what others say is realistic. We don't need any more people being realistic. We need a company of dreamers. Here's a newsflash. God is a bigger thinker than you. He's a bigger thinker than Einstein. He's a bigger thinker than Elon Musk. God is a huge thinker. And he's looking for fertile hearts that will catch a dream. But the dream has to be one of expansion because God never remains the same. Everything about him is fruitful. Everything about him is licensed to multiplication. Everything about him keeps going and going, enlarging, enlarging. We need to, not just today, but this season that we're in, purpose to be a company of dreamers. What does God want to do through your life? What does God want to do through your family? What does God want to do through your ministry? What does God want to do through your business? Have you conditioned your heart to be a shut greenhouse when God wants the greenhouse to be open because he wants to grow some new things like Isaac he wants you to sow in a land of famine he wants you to live differently in a time when the culture around is afraid all right here's the final thought for this session I love it how so many characters in the Bible model this for us you read about that moment in Genesis 15 I've just grabbed one of Abram and uh God steps into his world. He says, how you doing, Abram? How you doing? And Abram's like, oh, yeah, I'd really like a kid. You know, he's like, he was in barrenness. God says, just one. <laughs> how about father of many nations? How about spiritual nations calling you their spiritual father? You want one? I can do one. Thanks for the measurements, but would you like to see the photo I can send? And Abraham, I'm old, she's old, she's old and barren. I'm old, she's old, she's barren, no kids, had no kids, we tried, none. What's happening? 
no kids. And God's outside the tent going, why are you living under all these impossibilities? And I love this. He says, Abraham, come outside. Look up. So Abraham is in a tent and there's a tent covering that's defining his experience of the universe. He's trying to reason the seed that's landed in his heart, many nations, by what he's known and been conditioned by in his formative years, experiences. And God said, this just is not gonna work. You looking around the tent that you call home isn't where a dreamer lives. Come outside. Boy, when someone offers you to come outside, it's normally trouble, right? It was for me, I remember. Yeah. Anyone old enough to remember that song? Come outside, what for? Remember that. Come back. All right, okay. Naughty boy. So God says to Abraham, come outside, what for? So he comes out and God says to him, look up. And Abraham, suddenly there's no tent or root. He's like, universes, stars. Galaxy. <laughs> you could do anything. You could do anything. You faith rose in his heart because he positioned himself from looking around at what he'd experienced and known to standing on the edge of a horizon, saying, This God can do anything anything at any time with anyone he uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise he uses things considered base for his glory and God's like I haven't finished yet now go to the beach and look at the sand he's like I can't even count what's by my feet God said do you need point three nah I got it God God, if you're promising me, all I need is a fertile heart that catches a God dream. And if I allow it to grow, one day I open my eyes and there's not 12 people saying we are family church. There's well over a thousand. But the thing is, when people say, we've gone past a thousand, I said, been there already. I saw it before you did. Come on, God wants you to dream again. All right, what's the application? Apparently that's always good for a conference is application. Have a listening heart. Have a fertile heart. Give God good measurements to work with. First we stretch what we're thinking and dreaming. And then we see God see the blueprint he gives us in a dream. Come to manifestation. And that's when others begin to believe in it. Don't believe in things when they're done. Believe in things when you become pregnant with them. Isn't it funny, five times we've had children, me and Gina, she did most of the work. But I was holding the hand, go on girl. I was there, I was in it to win it. Go on. Go on. 
But it's amazing, we didn't expect the child when the child was born. We expected the child when she became expectant. And we knew she was expectant before there was a bump. It was when a doctor said to us that something had been sown and was beginning to grow. Heavenly Father, let there be pregnancy of dreams. Let there be expansive thoughts. Let the measurements of the photo be bigger than what we ever believed when it's delivered. Father, I thank you. Help us today to be a company of dreamers that remove blockages that are in our way where our thinking is not correct. Change it. Help us to repent, Lord, to change the way we think. Help us to repent. Help us to change thought. To get out the way, to come out of the tent, to walk on the beach, to hear what you're saying. And Father, give us the courage to do what Mary did. Let it be to me according to your word. Amen. God bless.